culture, society. On every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my God, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, everybody. I'm Zach Peter, and you can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. I post really funny Uber chats with my Uber drivers on my Insta story. I post really cute selfies, and I post really funny tweets. So you're gonna want to go and follow me at Just Plain Zach. Go right now. So this week's episode of Hashtag No Filter is very exciting because we taped it live, L-I-V-E, live from the Love Beauty Wellness Festival in downtown LA. It was awesome. We talked all about modern life management and how to find balance when you're a busy hustler like me and like a lot of you guys. So without further ado, here is this week's special episode of Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. There we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Beauty Wellness Festival. I'm Zach Peter, and I have a lovely panel of some holistic hustlers, boss babes. What's the hashtag these days? Take a picture of us and hashtag it so we know. Are you guys ready to get like lit on crystals and good vibes? I have like adaptogens and a jade egg inside me. Like I'm ready to rock. You guys. I'm so excited. We have Heather. You have a jade egg, too? There we go. That's, she has the hookup. <laughs> Just don't lay it during the ceremony. We have Heather. Heather is the co-founder of Energy Muse. She's the author of Crystal Muse, and she's a leading influencer on the power of crystals, so she probably also has a jade egg inside her, maybe. <laughs> we also have Brooke. Hi, Brooke. Brooke's an entrepreneur and the founder of the Good Milk, Plant Milk, which she's drinking right there. It is delicious. That's what I had my adaptogens in. We also have Lori Gerber, who's an expert life coach, and she's the head of the Handel Group. And we have Sarah Moray, founder and CEO of Curie Deodorant. She's here to help us be our badass selves because she's a badass entrepreneur. So, ladies, before we get started, I feel like there's this word in the wellness community Um, And that's balance. And I feel like everybody has a very different definition of what balance is and what that means. So maybe starting with you, Lauren, we'll go down the line. What does balance mean to you guys and how do you achieve it on a daily basis? Small question. Right? What is balance and how do we get it? Okay. So Can I get it on Amazon with Prime? Exactly. (laughs) Probably. So 
We define balance as designing your life consistent with your own highest ideals. So, for example, when you are a new mom, balance might mean having a shower every day. Whereas when you are an entrepreneur, balance might mean leaving work by seven o'clock and also exercising, meditating, and having a social life. So balance means different things at different times. What we teach people how to do is a very specific way to articulate what you want, design that, stop the mental chatter that gets in the way of fulfilling the design that you've created, and then actually make good on your plans, which of course will change over the course of your life. The definition of balance will change over the course of your life, but as somebody personally who has three children, a husband who I still have sex with, which is amazing. That is amazing. Someone who meditates once a day, every day, sometimes twice, exercises five times a week, and runs a business where I have a limited of only 55 hours a week, or else I would do more. Um, I can tell you it is possible to have a balance of all these things, but not without some effort and design. So conscious decisions every day. Conscious decisions every day that emanate from this higher sense of what's important to you. That's, that's really key, because I was always a workaholic, but it wasn't making me happy and balanced. Ah, you were just being busy. Everyone in LA is so busy. 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 Yeah, very busy. Exactly. Heather, so, how do I find balance, like, after the third margarita? Like, maybe when I've overdone that's it. That's really when the balance next day. kicks in. That's the best <laughs> that's when kind of when you really balance. need to balance. Like, how do I find it after I've had, like, a long day, a long week, and, like, you have to reboot the next morning? You know, I, I remember when I was um, pregnant with my first child, I was working with this healer. And I said, how am I going to, you know, do all this with my kids and blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, I'm like, how am I going to do it all? And she's like, well, you can't have it all. And I'm like, say what? Like, wait, I'm not paying you to tell me I can't have it all. That's what I grew up to believe that I could have it all. And why can't I have it all? And she said, well, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. And so for me, that was a real connection um, because what I, I used to have this word of balance and mindfulness, but for me, it's about being deliberate recently because in that way, I don't beat myself up because I want to be deliberate at least with what I'm doing at that moment. And I find that I could get my head around that and I find that that helps me become more balanced after the third margarita. That what Round I'm going to do is be deliberate in having fun right now and feeling really good about it. And then tomorrow morning, I'll get up and I'll meditate and I'll be deliberate about that. And that will bring me balance. Aho. So we'll see. <laughs> Sarah? Uh, for me, finding balance is making time for what matters. So uh, figuring out what that is, whether it's your work, spending time with your kids, exercising, meditating, whatever it is that matters in your life for you to live a full life and what feeds your soul making time for that throughout your day and not letting, I've totally been guilty of letting my work just eat up my entire day, all my nights. And I, I realized that's, I'm, I'm not happy living that kind of lifestyle. So um, through this entrepreneurial journey over the last year, I've realized it's really just about making time for what matters. So for me, one of those things that matters is running. And that's something that usually when my life gets busy, when my schedule gets busy, that's the first thing I drop because, you know, you have to put your shoes on, you have to intentionally go outside, you get sweaty, then you have to shower. Um, and so it's one of those things that if I got busy, I'd go weeks without running and I would feel the effects, not 
just physically, but also mentally. It's really important for my mental health as well. So for me, making time for what matters means throwing my sneakers and an outfit in the car and going to a meeting. And if I have 30 minutes, I'll just run around, do a light jog so that I'm not like a tomato afterwards yeah. <laughs> and do a 30 minute run. And sometimes I show up to a, my next meeting in my workout clothes and I'm like, sorry, you know, I had to go for a quick run. But, you know, it's just making time for what matters, even if it's a run 30 minutes between meetings or sometimes <laughs> running at night with a girlfriend. Um, just making sure that you're you're paying attention to what you need to, that, like I said, feeds your soul. Okay. Brooke, what if we hate running? Like, how do you find your yeah. balance? It can also be meditation. <laughs> it can be whatever. You don't pay me to run. Uh, is my mic working? Okay. Oh, Thank you. Yeah, you couldn't pay me to run. I hate running. I actually, um, I have You run a business. That's pretty impressive. That as is. is a different kind of running. And I think the ladies all hit on it really well. Um, balance changes from day to day, whether you run a business or um, you're just working in a startup or you're a mom. Um, I think where you get in trouble with balance is when you are really strict with it and say, if I didn't meditate, I need to get up at 6 a.m., meditate every day, uh, then go to the gym, and then do this, and then that's how I can prove that I have balance in my life. That's never worked for me, and when I started my business, being in the wellness world, the concept of work-life balance was something that was very much a buzz, buzzword when I started in the business, and it always annoyed me. <laughs> because I love my job. Maybe I don't yeah. want work-life balance. Um, I, I love my work, but that doesn't mean there's not balance there. It means I've cut out things that don't allow me to do my best work or be present in my moments at work. Um, or I have, I've drawn lines over the past um, few years where every Sunday is my day to sleep in and I don't turn on my phone until 2 p.m. Like having some balance in those ways as opposed to like a rigid schedule of balance that we have to <laughs> do every single day. 2 p.m., that's a long time without Instagram. <laughs> you know, I, um, Instagram I'm working on, but I got off of Facebook two years ago and I never looked back. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. You're happy to not see this, all the Trump rants, uh, everybody well, that, fighting about that's politics. That's why I got off. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed the timing. But, um, but I do think there is something to be said about social media. Running a business, Instagram, is completely necessary. But um, I just came off a vacation where I didn't have Wi-Fi for two days, which sounds terrifying. Um, but it was actually really amazing. And then when I come back to Instagram, even being deliberate and conscious in, in the actions I'm doing on Instagram makes a difference. I bet. Does anybody take in like a digital detox just to test out the room? Raise your hands. Half of you. Some of you are addicted to your phone. You're addicted to your phone. I can see it. <laughs> she didn't like that. Okay. <laughs> so I want to mix it up. I have a couple of individual questions for each of the ladies, and then I, I want to do some spitfire rounds where I'm going to ask them all some quick questions. Because what we're doing today is we're taping my podcast live. I host a show called Hashtag No Filter. So you're in a podcast right now, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Enjoy it. For people listening to this live or listening to this, the rebroadcast, there are like 20,000 people in the room right now. So let's give them a loud cheer, everybody. Okay, first Spitfire question. I want you guys to finish this sentence. Brooke, we'll start with you. I can't get through my day without. What is the one thing you can't get through your day without? A matcha latte. A matcha latte. A matcha latte. good milk latte. Yes, with some plant milk. Yes. Sarah. I was going to say coffee. <laughs> coffee, yeah. Um, a couple minutes of silence. Ooh, where do you find that? 
early in the morning. eBay. In the 24 <laughs> hours that you get every day. What? <laughs> no. That's where you find it. That's where you find everything. I thought it was Amazon. Uh, <laughs> Lori. <You're> sponsor. <laughs> they're not my sponsor. Um, they should be, though. They, they should be paying you a little. Um, without designing it. Every morning, meditation and design the day in writing and send it out to my, my buddies. I like that. It's three things, but I like that. <laughs> morning ritual. Morning ritual. I love it. Um, Sarah, do you think that there... Is, what do you think is the most underrated key to success, to achieving modern life balance? The most underrated. Underrated. Like, we know you want to start your day with meditation. We know exercising, yeah. you know, is good for the endorphins and helps you clear your mind. We know intention setting is good. So my tactic has been uh, using my calendar. Mm. Um, my calendar is very... I have time blocks for just about everything. I don't always follow it, but I color code as well. And there is always space in my calendar for what's important to me. Um, so there's always blocks on my calendar for Tuesday, Thursday. I wanna do Pilates in the morning. I wanna run on two days a week. I wanna um, sit in silence once in a while. <clears throat> and I kind of block my calendar so that it's non-negotiable. And if I don't do that, it's really easy to let your day kind of just, the busyness of the day swallow up your time. Brooke, what about when we when we have our, our strict schedule, but we kind of, you know, a meeting runs late or our day kind of gets set off and it can just set up, it can screw, you spill coffee on yourself and like everything just seems to be going bad and it's the shittiest of shitty days. Like how do we bounce back? How do we push through that and find the motivation to get back up out and get back out there and sell that plant milk? Yes. Well, that, that answer has definitely evolved over time for me. I am one, I think as, I think as, as women, um, and definitely as an entrepreneur, there's a certain mentality that we have of you, you just push through, you know, and you do. You can, we can do anything. We people, women birth children. We can do anything. I can't, I can't do that. Sorry, <laughs> you know? guys. It's sorry one thing to, I can't do. Sorry to tell you. Um, but now I've tried. It's, it's evolved to, I have an amazing team around me that supports me on those days that reminds me, like, part of my balance is really trying to be in the moment, and I have team members who remind me hey, you have a meeting in a few minutes, or um, like knock on my door, you've been on a call, this call a little bit too long. And that really helps keep me in the moment and they help pick me up and push me through and, and make up for things that, that aren't going well or need a little, little more attention than I can give. I like that. Heather, how important is it to have a spiritual practice being busy hustlers? Like, I feel like sometimes people are like, crystals, that's woo-woo, and they look at me kind of funny. So like, how important is it to invest in your spiritual health? Um, for me, I feel that it's very important. I mean, I use crystals, and I've been into crystals for 27 years now because I was a total type A personality type. Now I'm only double type A. But um, um, for me, it's something that I could hold on to that helps me stay grounded when life gets off kilter, and it's a touchstone, and it's a tool. So, You're holding on to one And right I now. do, and I bring in... I, I think it's, um, it's helps me reconnect, so... Very important. And so are crystals kind of your link to your spirituality? You know what? Crystals are definitely, they've been a tool for me. They help me with meditation because I like to hold on to something. And sometimes when I get too in my head, holding a crystal helps me get back into my body and helps me reconnect with 
my purpose and what I'm even doing. And sometimes I'm like, what, what am I doing? Um, and so just taking that time to go, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing and why I'm doing it helps to have a deeper purpose and connection. Lori, let's imagine that there's a girl in the room right now and everything just seems, she feels very frazzled. She's like uh, struggling in student loan debt. Her boyfriend's a dick. Like she has so much going on right now and she doesn't know, like she's just like, I just want to get my shit together. As the life coach, like what do you do with a girl like that that just feels like there are so many moving pieces in her life and she doesn't have structure? Great question. We have this assignment we give all of our clients at the beginning because pretty much everyone comes in with that feeling of, overwhelmed. ah, it's called the 12 areas of life. So in case you felt overwhelmed, there's a reason. There's 12 areas. There's home, body, health, love, career, money, time, your relationship with yourself, your friends, your family. Yeah, it's a lot. And you didn't ask for all those. They just kind of came with being alive. So having to deal with them is your pickle. And the first thing I would do is give you that assignment. And that assignment is to articulate what your ideal is in each, which gets you connected with your heart, that spiritual piece. Um, because if you're not connected to why you care about that area, good luck. E even if you achieve a lot, you won't be satisfied by it. Then we give a rating scale. And you, have to, and we, you can actually do this online. It's one of our um, free giveaways. It's called the Current Reality Quiz. So you can literally grade yourself if you'd like online. And you give yourself a, a rating, right? <laughs> 10 would be our A+. Plus. So scale of 1 to 10. And then you say why you gave it that rating. So then we get your head. So we get what your heart has to say and what your head has to say and how that lines up. Most people then we have to encourage to only focus on three areas per year, else you get overwhelmed. And then you create a plan for those three areas only. What's the ideal? And then we want to debunk what gets in the way. And then we want to make some very simple promises. We call it promises very simple promises about what you're gonna do in that area, and then the game is keep the promise. And we have some special techniques for that as well. And then suddenly, even if you're just doing that in one area, even if you're just switching how you eat, or you're just switching how you do your spiritual practice, or how you treat yourself, just one little thing changes everything. You feel in control again, and then everything becomes easier to design. I like that. Sarah, talk to me about passion, because I feel like, especially when it, you're a young entrepreneur, or, um, you know, even just getting out of college and, you know, you're getting ready to start your life. I feel like that some people struggle with embracing what their actual path, uh, their passion is. Sometimes I feel like we have to stay down this, you know, straight and narrow path to, you know, go to school, graduate, get an entry-level job, build our way up to the top of the company. And sometimes that's not for everybody. Sometimes we love crystals. Sometimes we love plant milk. Sometimes we love deodorant. Sometimes we love helping people get their shit together. Like, we all have different things that motivate us. So how do you what do you think is um, an important key to finding your passion or like getting rid of being embarrassed of what your passion may be? I love this question. Um, Thank you. Because I, I mean, my career has looked like this. I started my career as a CPA. I worked in venture capital, investing in startups, and now I have my own startup. And would I say that deodorant has always been my passion? No. <laughs> Never did I think that I would end up here. Um, so I think a lot of people get hung up on that. Like, wait, I don't have a passion. I'm not a painter. I'm not a writer. I, don't, I need to have that, that thing that I'm so passionate about that I can't sleep. That's not always the case for everybody. Um, and for me, figuring out what I wanted to do with my life was more about thinking about what do I want my life to look like? Like, what... 
what do I want my lifestyle to be like? What do I want my day in and day out to be? And I kind of just made a list in my head mentally of like, what do I want my life to look like? I want autonomy over my schedule. I want to be helping people. I want to be empowering people, making people feel good. Um, I wanted to be doing creative work. That was really important to me. I'm not an amazing artist, I'm not an amazing writer, but I love creating things. And um, there's something so cool and empowering about creating something. I hold my product in my hand, I'm like, I made this. It's, really, it's a really cool um, experience. So I never really found my one thing I was passionate in. It was more, I was really interested in the natural beauty, natural wellness space. I saw a gap in the market. I knew what I wanted my life to look like. And I think I thought entrepreneurship would be the way to get there. And that's how I found my dream job, which is being running my own company. I love that. Brooke, talk to me about what you, so I think the, the two biggest issues people face are money and time. Everybody's so busy they don't have time to do anything or they don't have enough money to actually you know, do the things that they want to be doing or quit, the jo- quit their job. What would you say are your two counter arguments to, like why would you call BS on the fact that people actually have more time or they actually aren't really poor as sometimes you know, they like to believe that they are? Um, yeah, well I think that we find time for what's important to us. So I think that probably not having time to, if you're looking to make a big move, a big career move especially, it's really probably rooted in fear and the other pieces are just excuses. Um, So I think maybe taking a step back and and looking at what what the real issue is and then finding support around that, finding mentors, finding other people who have maybe done it, um, going to, you know, there's all kinds of crystal circles, sound baths, meditations that you can go to and just really connect with yourself and really understanding. And I think this is something that we've learned probably as entrepreneurs along the way is that um, the most important thing is to be connected to your intuition and know that you have the answers. So really taking the time to get there before letting the excuses get in the way. and also understanding that, just like we just said, in the beginning, you're not going to have the answers for the next five years. Like, I realized, you know, went through the first few years of my business, like, I got I to gotta put together a business plan. I got to put something down on paper. And the longer and longer I was in business, I was like, there's, there's no five-year plan. Like, I'm making this shit up as I go. Yeah. And, like, luckily, most of it's working out. And understanding, even looking at all of us up here, if you're someone who's thinking about starting a business, like, we you know, we know what we're talking about because we've been through it, not because we knew when we started what it was going to look like. Like, I started my brand, my company, as a juice company at the local farmer's market. My my goal was to do something that I loved that had changed my life and make a few dollars doing it. Like, yeah. You know, that's as much of a plan as I had. I feel like you kind of, as long as you're following your passion, you're going to find your way and you, you know, you find your North Star that keeps you going in the right direction. Yeah, and surround yourself with people who believe in you and and bring you up and cut out the noise. Like, um, the friends that I, the friends that I had before I started my business, there's like two of them left in my life because they just weren't serving the purpose that I needed to as friends. They weren't adding to my yeah, life Sometimes you have friends that, re- a team that motivates you and sometimes it's time to cut a bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's round it out with one last spitfire before we get to a Q&A from the audience. Um, I want each of you ladies to go around and give me your biggest hack for self-doubt or imposter syndrome. 
We'll start with you, Lori. What is your biggest hack for somebody that may be struggling with, with self-doubt? And Best thing you can do to build self-confidence is make a promise and keep it. Mm. Whatever, just pick something that's a little bit of a stretch but doable, whether it's water, meditating, calling your mother, whatever's hard for you. Just mm. promise it, keep that promise, and notice that you did that. I love that. Heather? Um, get a piece of rose quartz. Hold it in your um, left hand, program it, and say, I love you. And every time you go to a... And then, oh, put it in your bra, always. I don't know if anybody here... Like, sometimes I go to the gym, and then all these crystals are coming out of my bra. But <laughs> when, they, when they're not, um, what you do is you put that in, and then every time you go in front of a mirror, you're like, I love you. And it sounds super simple, but try it, ladies, because... Sometimes it's really hard. And when you could look yourself in the eye and tell yourself that you love you and feel it and see it and own it, it's, it's empowering and it's the essence of what make a woman magnificent. So please try it. It works. I love it. I'm going to put a crystal in my bra tonight. All right. <laughs> Um, so for me, self-doubt is usually the way I manifest fear. So I figure out what it is I'm scared of. Um, and then I just imagine the worst case scenario. So if I'm scared of speaking publicly, I think about, okay, what's the worst case scenario? I say something really stupid and then, you know, a group of people think I'm dumb, but that's really not that bad. And then it airs on a podcast <laughs> and the whole world airs on. Or it's on a podcast that'll live forever. I don't know. Um, and so I usually just imagine, okay, what's the worst case scenario here? And usually it's not that bad. It's not yeah. going to ruin your life. And usually that's it for me. I'm able to, to keep going and figure, you know what? If worst case scenario, my company fails. I say something stupid but publicly. I'll still be fine. You'll find a way to bounce yeah. back. Absolutely. Yeah. Brooke, to close it out. I'd say take a nap. For, <laughs> for me, when I'm um, dealing with self-doubt or even spiraling into things that, that just aren't real and don't make sense, it's probably because I'm tired yeah. or I didn't eat well. So getting rest and um, eating well are kind of the base of my absolutes every single day. And then everything else, it makes everything else much, much easier. I love it. Lynette, thank you for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> was so crazy. I like totally lost track of everything. And I, oh, so I we're just about to jump to Q&A, <laughs> but you can answer this last Spitfire question. That's okay. what would your um, biggest hack for like self-doubt and imposter syndrome be? Lynette's a founder. Uh, she's an entrepreneur. She's the founder of the Superfood School. She's a chef, 10 years plus, plant-based experience. She's a total rock star. So what would your self-doubt hack be? Um, the biggest thing, a big takeaway that I got last night actually is um, really keeping a close eye on really the people that are around you um, and not necessarily taking into account people that you necessarily grew up with, family, like everything changes with people and as you change and you grow, these people's places in your life are going to change and their fears can become something that gets imposed on you. So my biggest, my biggest lesson that I learned last night is when people are, they're giving you constructive advice about something, you know, that's fine. And it may not really agree with what you might feel inside, but the biggest thing, if you really know them, think about their fears and consider if they've ran this whole situation through their fears. And then you can kind of 
take that apart and say, okay, you might feel this way because you're running this through your filter. So that's one of the, the biggest ways to kind of not even have self-doubt even come into your situation because fear is a cancer and it's around you. So you have to really be aware of it. Thank I you. Sorry that. for being late. <laughs> I love that. Does anybody have any questions for anybody on stage? Yes, the girl with the, loves her iPhone. Uh, hold on. Let's see if we can get you a mic. I'm loud. Okay, she's loud. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, how many hours of sleep each one of you gets? We'll start with you, Lynette, and make our way down. Um, sleep is super, super important to me because my company's called Superfood School, and sleep is one of the most important things that you can do. If, you, if there's any wellness hack, literally start sleeping, getting eight hours, seven hours, anywhere in between that time. Um, you can die of lack of sleep faster than lack of food. So keep that in mind because it's keeping everything going. So as much sleep as possible. Nice. Brooke, how much sleep do you get a night? Um, it totally varies and it's something that I'm working toward getting better on. Um, minimum six hours. That doesn't mean that, that like I'm actually sleeping. Some, I, I joke with my team like, oh, I had this idea last night while I was sleeping. Um, and it, <laughs> it happens all the time. I'm like, oh, I thought of this while I was sleeping. Um, so you just, I just do my best. <laughs> I get seven to eight hours a night. Um, huge priority for me. When I was first starting Curie, I had a side job, so I was not. I was maybe getting four to five hours a night, and definitely started noticing the effects of that. It's harder to form sentences and harder yeah, to think, harder to think. Uh, when you don't get sleep. So I make it a priority: seven to eight hours a night. Um, I added selling it to my bedroom, and I get a solid eight hours requirement a night. Oh, I Crystals it. help with that? A hundred percent. Oh, good to know. percent to know. Laurie? I leave room for seven hours. Don't always achieve it, because I'm working while I'm sleeping. <laughs> so then I have a rule for myself that I have to make it up the next day via nap mm. or earlier bedtime. So love we always naps. get that in. Love naps. Yeah, I average about six to seven, but I love eight. Yeah. Props to you. Uh, let, we have time for two more questions. Two quick questions. Any other questions? Question. I'll pick on you. Okay, this lady so in the front. For the ones who started a company, product specific, you know, that takes a lot of capital. Um, is it something that you got friends and family for? You said you came from um, investment banking or venture capital. You know, is it just a connection thing? Like, how did you actually take it from concept to fruition? So this is yeah. actually something I'm very passionate about because I worked in venture capital. A lot of people would come in, a lot of women would come in and pitch their companies to me because I was doing seed stage investing. And um, a lot of women would pitch me because they'd be like, she's a girl, she'll get my product, <laughs> she'll get it. Um, and I would end the meeting a lot of times being like, why, why don't you just go start it? They'd come in with a pitch deck with an idea about a product, a, a, you know, elixir, juice, or a makeup line or something. I'm like, just go start it. If you have friends, family, savings, get a side job, um, just start it and it'll be a lot easier to raise money when, you're, when you have mm -hmm. a business that's making money and you're no longer dependent on a venture capitalist like basically giving you permission to exist. So I kind of had to take my own advice and when I started my company, 
Um, even though I had the connections, I'm like, I'm gonna start, the, I'm gonna bootstrap this. I started it on my own savings. Twelve thousand dollars was what it took for the first um, purchase order, and um, eventually I ended up raising a small amount of angel um, money to grow the business. But I started out for the first seven months um, on my own savings. I think that's a great question. And um, I started my business when I was 27 and not a financially responsible 27-year-old. So I had no money, um, no savings. <laughs> um, and I, exactly what she just said, I just went out and did it. I um, knew I wanted to start a business. So I convinced someone to give me a consulting job that paid me $3,000 like over a month. And I used that money and I started my business at the local farmer's market. And it was cash in hand every Sunday at the market that fed into the rest of the business and built it that way. And we took our first investment um, at the beginning of this year, which was we, we ran for four years without um, raising or taking money from taking friends and family money. And it just put us in such a better position. And we know I was able to make the mistakes that I made without there being any real consequence and figure out the direction of my business um, without someone being like, well, you said you were going to do that. And it put us in such a better position raising money. I'm not giving away any of my company, you know, so. Thank you. You find your way. Okay, last question. Anybody have one more? Yes, you. Very excited. What was something you learned in the first year of your business that totally surprised you? Lynette, what's one thing you learned at the start of your business that surprised you? Um, because... I am specializing in wellness and more so, you know, plant-based is plant-based. Oreos are vegan, we understand that. But really, the core of healing foods, um, I didn't realize how many truly sick people I would encounter because of the way that the healthcare system is very broken and they can't get answers from their doctors. And I'm like, dude, I did not go to medical school. I wanted to, but I didn't. You know, and I, and I definitely have a lot of answers, but you know, and I'm not nearly scaled at my business to where it's going to be. And it's like people are like, oh my gosh, you know, I have my nine-year-old son, he's fill in the blank or this or that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And with that, I've taken a slight step back to make sure that when I get to the next level that I'm emotionally prepared to be able to handle as much as I can with people. So yeah, it was like, whoa, more like, whoa, this is really serious. Yeah. I like that. Heather, I want you to give us a nice good mantra to close out the panel as we head into this day full of amazing brands and lectures and panels. What's one message you would like everybody to take away other than go buy my crystals? I know. <laughs> um, I am empowered. I like that. I am empowered. You're all empowered right now. Thank you so much. Lynette, where can people go to learn more and follow you? I'm at Superfood School, and my Instagram is Superfood School for my company, and then for myself, we just want to hear some wellness rants. Chef Lynette. I love it. Brooke, <laughs> where can we um, learn more? We are on Instagram under Good Milk Co. That's where we're most active, or goodmilk.co. Love it, Sarah. Uh, our website is curiebod.com, and our Instagram is at curiedeodorant, and we're actually starting a campaign next month that's make time for what matters. So this is very timely. Sweet. Um, so follow us at Curie Deodorant and share um, what it is that matters to you. I love it. We're on all the social outlets at Energy Muse, um, energymuse.com, and my personal one is Heather underscore Askinosi. Handel Group 
H-A-N-D-E-L-G-R-O-U-P. We give free consultations. Come sign up at our lovely little table over there. We have the survey online. We have lots of fun things, discounts for you guys if you go get a postcard. That's what I you need it. to do. And I'm Zach Peter. You can follow me at Just Plain Zach. Thank you guys for joining us. Welcome to the Love Beauty Wellness Festival. Go get lit on crystals and good vibes.